Um, but uh, I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, we just pray for uh, for this community, Lord, we, pr- we just speak over each one abundance, Lord. We thank you that you are calling us to live in an abundant life. And we thank you, Father, even as we come and we faithfully sow into your kingdom, Lord, as we faithfully uh, bless you and, uh, and put you first, Father, in every area, Lord. We just thank you for increase and provision over our families, our household, every individual to be blessed, to be, uh, to be covered by you. Father, we just I just welcome you, Holy Spirit, uh, to come and be present with us. We know that you dwell in us, but we, you also dwell around us, Lord. We just thank you that you have angels that minister, Lord. The angelic realm is not the new age, Lord. It is, it is this age. It is your age. They are your ministers, Lord. And we just welcome them here to come and minister as we receive from your word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Anyone find angels new agey? No? Good. All right. If you do this, I think there's 169 something references in the New Testament alone about angels. I wouldn't really talk about it much. So, again, that's what happens with the new age stuff kind of steals, counterfeits the truth. But uh, anyway, it's not in my sermon. I'm not going to start waffling on. Hey, so we are, uh, not we are, I am talking about spiritual abundance. I am all over the place today. We're in our Abundant Life series um, and uh, we're talking about spiritual abundance. So we had abundant provision and now we're talking about spiritual abundance. So as, as people, when we encounter God for the first time, we're invited to, uh, to live in connection to a new reality. We're invited to actually experience God. When Jesus was on the earth and he would go around and he was saying to people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So essentially what he was saying is you need to change how you think about all reality because a new reality is present before you. And Jesus was presenting that to people, the kingdom of heaven, the the realm of God, the realm of the the heavenly. We are, are invited into a, greater reality called the kingdom of heaven. So again, sometimes when, we, when people meet Jesus, they're, they're presented with a gospel message that is really primarily about the individual um, avoiding the punishment from God for their sin. You might, that may have been the gospel that you heard was, was preached. It's like, without Jesus, you're in big trouble. Uh, God's going to punish you forever. If you pray this prayer, then you won't get punished forever and you'll get to live with God one day uh, when, you, when you die and go to heaven. Anyone heard that before? Yeah, anyone received that as a goal? Okay, so, so that's a very, very thin sliver, slither of what the gospel is. The, the gospel, the full picture of the gospel is that God created humanity, humanity rebelled and God through Christ has reconciled humanity back to himself and one day he is returning to create a new heaven and a new earth and the time from when you meet Jesus to the time that you die is you now partnering with God to see his plans and purposes come about on the earth. That's, that's the prayer of, of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what you're invited into when you give your life to Jesus. It's not a ticket to heaven one day. It's actually an invitation to partner with God to bring heaven to earth today. Amen. So God is spirit. God is a spirit. Amen. 
Can we agree on that? Awesome. Uh, and he exists in the heavenly realm. When I talk about the heavenly realm, again, we, we, we're not talking about heaven as some like up there place. It's, it's a sphere of existence that is all around you that you are in your natural senses not aware of. So God is not normally tangible for people to experience. The expression of God is tangible. So in all creation, we can feel this is the expression of God. This, the wood that was used to make up this pulpit thing, well, this was an expression of the reality of God. He created you know, the trees that, that helped to, to make this thing. Um, but God is not usually tangible. He became physically accessible in Christ for a moment in history but only for a short moment. So God's primary way of interacting with humanity is through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. So God interacts with humanity through his spirit. Okay, so God is spirit and he interacts with us through his spirit. When you're born again, when God comes to make his home in you, you receive his Holy Spirit. He makes his home in you. So you are immediately deeply connected to God. You may have made a decision in your mind to follow Jesus. You may have chosen to do things differently in your life, but the most phenomenal thing that happened in that moment is that God says, I'm gonna come and make my home in you. My spirit is gonna come and live in you. Every time I mention it, I always say, that is crazy like that is epic that is amazing that's next level out of this world how can we even fathom the fact that God would come and make his home in us each one of us he'd come and make his home that's amazing 1 Corinthians six seventeen says but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him so even as like a, a man and a woman in marriage they become one flesh when we receive the Holy Spirit, we become one spirit with Him. It's like we're married to God, spirit, our spirit to God's spirit. You don't get any more intimate and connected than that. So when God makes that decision to say, I'm gonna come and make my home in you, you can't get any closer to God. You can't have any deeper connection with Him. It happens by God, He chooses to do that. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's the beginning of, of a relationship that needs to be cultivated by us in order to have a healthy and thriving relationship with him. God makes the choice, I'm gonna come and make my home in you. Now you might've said, well, I kind of made a choice and I said yes and I prayed a prayer and I did all of those things. It's still all God initiated. It was God's idea, God's intent to do that. He has chosen to come and make his home in you. So if, if in the same way you didn't choose for him to come in, you can't choose for him to go, okay? He did it all. It's his intention. But we need to then cultivate this relationship. So I am most aware of my five senses. I'm not most aware. You don't grow up probably in a family most aware of what's happening in the spiritual atmosphere, in the supernatural realm. We're most aware of you know, taste, smell, touch, what we can see, what we can hear. That's what we're connected to most tangibly. So you can then grow up, maybe like, like myself, I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't know about all of this kind of Holy Spirit stuff. Uh, but then it happens, all of a sudden I receive the Holy Spirit, but now this is a whole new way of interacting and relating that I'm completely unfamiliar with. 
It's a whole new skill that I need to learn as to how to interact. But if that's God's primary way of interacting with me, then I need to give my attention to that to cultivate that relationship. Does that make sense? So I've got to learn a whole new way of interacting, a whole new language, a whole new experience. If we ignore that relationship, if we ignore our relationship with Holy Spirit, then it doesn't grow and it doesn't flourish and our experience of God can end up being a one-time thing rather than a moment-by-moment experience of His presence with us. That's what God wants. God wants the moment-by-moment experience with Him. Not the once-off, oh, years ago, I remember and I felt convicted and I came forward and I bawled my eyes out and someone prayed for me and it was just amazing and awesome and it changed my life. But from that moment, I haven't really had much of an interaction with Him. Or maybe you grew up in a Christian family, you've always just known Him, but you've never known tangibly what it feels like. We are... as we were praying here on Friday night and, uh, and my son Noah came along with me and uh, I'm just, I've never asked Noah permission. I've just assumed he's given me permission to tell every story that I want about him. Um, uh, this is a, it's a good one. But uh, so he came along and uh, in the prayer time and afterwards as we were driving to uh, pick up the other kids, I was like, oh, how was that? And he said, oh, it was good. And uh, I said, what, like, what was good about it? Yeah, good. That's a 13-year-old answer to a question. And I said, what was good about it? He said, I don't know. I just, I just liked the way it made me feel. He, he, he stood here with us. And I mean, he didn't pray out loud in that moment, but he just engaged. And there was something he was experiencing, the presence of God, by simply being in a, in a room with others that are praying where God was there. Now, Noah has been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's had encounters with God. But so there's this familiarity and he just knows something, this just feels good. It just feels right to be in that space. But that's what God wants for us in the everyday. And I, and I do think that a lot of kind of Christianity has, has removed the expectation of the experience. Almost in some ways downplayed it. And say, no, no, you just got to know the truth. You just got to know the Bible back to front. That's what you got to rest upon. And, and I'm saying we need to be a truth-based people. Absolutely. But if you read the truth in the scriptures, you'll discover the truth is that God is an experiential God. So we can't say, well, no, I'm just all about the Word. But the Word says it's all about Him and experiencing Him and encountering Him. Why else would He put His Spirit in you? He's, you, you, look, you read through the book of Acts, it's experience after experience. And they, I mean, it literally shifted their theology around the Holy Spirit. The early church thought Jesus came for the Jews. We're all Jews, we're all good. And it's not until they're they're talking to the Gentiles and the Holy Spirit falls upon the Gentiles in the same way that he did at Pentecost upon the Jews that were gathered there that they all of a sudden go, hold on a second. They're manifesting the Holy Spirit in the same way that we did when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us as Jesus had promised. So they're visibly seeing, tangibly seeing this experience of God. But I think we need to, and, and maybe for you, you actually need to repent of, of viewing God only through the lens of knowledge yeah. and actually invite Him into that space of, of encounter and experience. And I say that from experience. 
I'm very thankful for the Bible. I'm thank you for the scriptures, but but we serve a Trinitarian God that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. Okay. <clears throat> the Bible wasn't given to us by God to lead us into truth. The Spirit was given to us by God to lead us into truth. Are we thankful for the Bible? Absolutely. Is it wonderful? Is it amazing? Does it contain all truth? Absolutely. But you, the Spirit of God was given to us to lead us into all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. So I'm not downplaying the Scriptures in any way, shape, or form. I'm just trying to lift up the Spirit of God, the one who is equal to the Father and the Son, to a higher place that we would interpret all Scripture through knowing Him. All right. Not in my notes, but there you go. Bonus bonus episode. Awesome. So what does it look like then to live in spiritual abundance? It looks like a deep relational connection with the Spirit of God. That's what spiritual abundance looks like. We don't want to jump straight to like, oh, signs, wonders, miracles, outworking of that. No, the the thing that you will experience most greatly is when you have this deep flowing experiential reality with God. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I want to, I just want to have like, maybe when I go to a conference or when I'm here on a Sunday, I want every day to wake up knowing, God, you're with me, you're in me and I get to feel you. I get to experience you. I get to hear your voice and do every day with you. I don't just want to lean on that scripture that says, he'll never leave me or forsake me. I want to know that he hasn't left me and hasn't forsaken me because he's right here with me. I know his presence right now. We've got like the, some of those scriptures, they should be a backup from like, man, I've just, I've, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. I'm, I'm struggling a bit. Okay, but I know he's with me. But really, that's, that should be like last port of call. We want it to be like, I know he's with me because I feel his presence. Living in spiritual abundance looks like having a deep relational connection with him. It looks like the fruit of the spirit coming out of us. So it looks like there's, there's not just that we are experiencing the reality of God, but that the world is experiencing the reality of God through us. So we're being changed to look more like Jesus and that's transforming us, but it's also then impacting the world around us. Living in spiritual abundance looks like having a greater impact than what we can accomplish in our natural strength and ability. So it's seeing God do what only He can do. You might be highly gifted, highly skilled. You might have a lot of energy, a lot of insight, all that sort of stuff. That's good. That's wonderful. That's a gift from God. But if you're living at the limitation of your natural abilities, you're not living in the reality of the kingdom. And you're not living in alignment with the fullness of what God has. Because it's like, hey, you do all that you can do in your strength, but would you let me partner with you to do all that I can do through my strength? That's spiritual abundance. Living, I can, I can know God, I can be filled with the Holy Spirit and I can still live limited by myself. I wanna live in the limitlessness of God. That's spiritual abundance. So we, we're talking about Holy Spirit because He is our connection point to the supernatural or the spiritual realm. We can just go back to the main screen if, screen if you want, Nigel. The Holy Spirit is our connection point to the spiritual realm. So to walk in spiritual abundance is to walk with a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit. To know that He is there, to know that He is moving, to know His voice and to be responding to His voice. 
Because God chooses to work in partnership with people. I don't know why he does that. There must be some wisdom there that I haven't yet grasped. Um, But God chooses to work with us. He He wants to partner with you. He wants to work with you. He desires that. But in order for that to happen, you have to choose to partner with him. So God can choose to partner with me all that he wants, but unless I'm willing to respond by choosing to partner with him, then the fullness of that outworking doesn't happen. As I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, when we talk about abundant provision, there are principles in the kingdom that you can follow and they will produce the fruit. They're like their laws of the kingdom. There's laws in the kingdom. You do certain things, you'll get a certain outcome. So you live in generosity, you will walk in blessing because it's a principle of the kingdom. So in provision, we can rely on principles, but when it comes to spiritual abundance, we must rely upon the presence. You don't get spiritual abundance by following principles. You you walk in spiritual abundance by following and knowing the presence of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't respond to formulas. He responds to relationship. He's a person. He's a person of the Trinity. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one God. But that's how he moves and interacts with us is through relationship. He's a person, not a principle. And we need to act, relate to him in that way. Thanks. You're welcome to agree verbally, just just saying. I know it's true. I know I'm preaching really well. I just, no, no. So living in spiritual abundance is about moving from living in the constraints of the natural world into living in the freedom of the heavenly realm, God's reality. So it's shifting from living limited by the natural and shifting into the limitlessness of God. That's his heavenly realm because God wants heaven on earth. He doesn't want what you can do only. You can build, you can build earth. You can increase earth. We can have bigger churches and bigger buildings and have, do lots of good things on earth. We can have less poverty We can have more freedom and we can do a whole lot of stuff in our natural ability that will be good because God has equipped us in the natural to do things, okay? But that's not heaven to earth. That's earth to earth. We want heaven to earth, which means for the heavenly to be expressed, we have to be connected to the one who connects us to the heavenly realm and then to be walking with an expectation that God is going to do far more abundantly than what we could think, dream, imagine than what we could ask. That's his desire. That's spiritual abundance is when you start to see God do that, which you're like, I know I cannot do that. I, I, I know sometimes that even in, if I'm kind of journeying with someone, counseling them, and I will say things that I'm like, wow, that was really clever. That was really wise. And I know I've not thought of that before. I've not read that in a book but as you'll discover, there are gifts or graces of the spirit of wisdom. And I'm like, wisdom just came out of me then. I'm going to write that down. That's really good stuff. <laughs> but that's what it looks, you know, it's just going beyond. Well, I know what I know, but I don't know what God knows. But as 1 Corinthians 2 tells me, I have the mind of Christ, which is the spirit of God who knows all the thoughts of God. So I have access to everything that God thinks. 
It's pretty good. So again, this is not about being a super Christian. Sometimes kind of people can get a bit judgy in that, or you think you're a super Christian. No, it's about being a supernatural Christian, which is just a normal Christian. (laughs) We don't want to divide between Christians and super Christians or supernatural Christians. It's just one, and that's people who are connected to the Spirit of God and who walk in accordance with the Spirit of God and see the reality of the Spirit of God manifest in their life. If you, um, if you look at people who are <clears throat> further along in their spiritual, who maybe walk in the spirit, walk in spiritual abundance more than you do, don't look, if you feel inadequate because of that, don't look at your lack. Look at his abundance. Stop looking at your lack. Start looking at his abundance. I, I thought of this, like if you imagine your most favorite food, I don't love ice cream, but that's just what came to me. It's like, imagine you have a bowl of ice cream and you think this is, and it's your favorite flavor. And you say, this is really good to have this bowl of ice cream. Um, and then you look at someone else who's got three bowls of ice cream. And you could look at that and you go, oh man, this, this three bowls of ice cream. Who do you think you are having three bowls of ice cream? I mean, you've still got your ice cream. So you're not lacking, really. You've still got ice cream, it's good. But you look at them, and you say, they've got more bowls of ice cream I want more bowls of ice cream. If you're looking at someone who's, who's moving in the prophetic or is, is seeing signs and wonders happening, rather than looking at, oh, I don't have that, to say, I want that and I can have that because it's the same spirit who lives in me, lives in that person. What are they doing? What is the freedom that Holy Spirit is allowed to express Himself through that individual? And that is the reality. A lot of God moving through you is about you doing less. It's about you getting out of the way. It's about you yielding to what He is wanting to do rather than thinking you know what He wants you to do. One bowl of ice cream is great. Many bowls of ice cream is better. (laughs) And God is a God of abundance. So He has more for you. He wants to see more happen through you. But if we live constantly focused on our lack and our inadequacy rather than focusing on His abundance and His complete adequacy, We're going to stay stuck in that place. And then we judge those who are actually being obedient to the Holy Spirit. So good, Brad. Wow, you're awesome. Awesome. That's all right. I know who I am. So spiritual abundance comes from Holy Spirit. Going to read a couple of scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That word, there are varieties of gifts. I don't find that a helpful translation of the word. The word is charisma, which is the base word of charisma in the Greek is charis, which means grace. So this, you could, I think a better translation would be there are a variety of graces. Okay, when you say gift, it kind of feels like giving something to someone and then it belongs to that person. Uh, whereas a grace is the empowering presence of God. So when you say there is the grace of the Lord is upon me, the grace of God that He, is, he has graced me with this ability to do something, it's Him doing it. 
He hasn't given it to me. Oh, now it's mine. I have the gift of healing. No, the grace of healing is upon me because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and in me and He is working through me to heal other people. Okay? So we say there are a variety of graces, ways that God empowers His people, but it's the same Spirit. Right as a service, same Lord. There is one God and it is that same Holy Spirit who does all of those things in every individual. It's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is giving the manifestation. So the revealing of the Spirit is another word for manifestation. I know that might be like a charismatic type of word. It just means to go from the invisible to the visible, the intangible to the tangible. It's given for the common good not to increase your ministry platform, not to make you look like a super duper Christian. It's for the benefit of other people. God is, I think this Bill Johnson says, God is in us for our sake, he's upon us for the sake of others. So even as we look, it's like, well, I wanna live in a way, I wanna live in spiritual abundance because I wanna see other people blessed. I wanna see other people impacted by the Holy Spirit. I want other people to know him in the way that I know him. But too often, how often do we just become this reservoir of the Spirit rather than a conduit letting it flow out of us? But that requires partnership with Him. So what does it look like to walk in spiritual abundance? To walk in spiritual abundance is to have, as I said before, a deep relational connection to Holy Spirit. You know His voice. You know His touch. You know what He's doing in any moment in every scenario. And again, I'm not just talking about when you gather on a Sunday here or in a prayer meeting. I'm talking about when you're driving down the road, when you're sitting at your desk at work, wherever you are, whatever you're doing as you're, as you're washing the dishes, the Holy Spirit is present with you. And in that moment, He might have something to say. He might have something He wants you to do. So don't just look for Him in kind of high spiritual moments. He's speaking all the time. All the time he's wanting to converse and wanting to relate to you. It's not like he's hanging out here waiting for you to show up. Oh, thankfully you're here. Cool, now I can talk to you because we're gonna do some things in this space. Because as you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you and he's everywhere that you are. And he might wanna talk to you just about everyday stuff. But we're gonna have ears to hear. So it's to have a deep relational connection, to walk in spiritual abundance is to taste the fruit of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Oh, yeah, I didn't even go to Sunday school as a kid, so boom. I just know there's nine and faithfulness is always the one. What's that last one? So this is the manifestation of the Spirit. The love of God manifesting through you. It's, it's not circumstantial because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of you. It's not the fruit of your circumstance. It's the fruit of the Spirit, which means it's accessible at all times. So I can, I can feel anger, frustration, even hatred towards someone. And right in that moment, I have access to the supernatural love of God to overwhelm my stinky feelings with His beautiful feelings and express that. But it's supernatural. If, if you wanna follow Jesus and obey Him, you're gonna need supernatural love. Because <laughs> God is gonna put you around people 
who might be really hard to love. Or you'll just avoid people that aren't very lovely. And good luck with that. So we need, we need supernatural joy because we're gonna find ourselves in really difficult situations. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul is writing about joy from a prison cell. He's locked away in, in a horrific situation and yet he can speak about joy because he has access to the reality of the Holy Spirit that can produce that from the inside flowing out. We're gonna need peace. We're gonna need patience. We're gonna need kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are all things that flow out of us. But to, to live in spiritual abundance is to see that as a natural overflow of our lives. The fruit of the Spirit. So we say deepening intimacy first. Second is fruit because the fruit of the Spirit comes from the soil of intimacy. That's where it's nurtured. If you're nurturing your connection with Holy Spirit, you're nurturing that place of intimate connection and relationship, you're going to see that flow out because the Holy Spirit is gonna rub off on you. But it comes from that place of, of, of giving time and space to that. So to walk in spiritual abundance is to see the empowering presence of Holy Spirit enabling you to do more than you could do on your own. So this is again, the grace of God being present. There's a couple of scriptures here that outline what we might call gifts of the Spirit or graces of the Spirit is what I would prefer to say. And I'm saying that, I'm not trying to change scripture. Um, I'm expressing a different English word for the Greek word, which I, is, is actually the Greek word. So I'm not trying to change the Bible or anything. I'm just saying every, every Bible you read, unless you can read Koine Greek, is an English translation of a Greek Hebrew Aramaic words. So just for any Bible heads out there, that one's for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. Again, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, to another faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, the distinguishing between spirits. Sometimes we call that discerning of spirits, uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues. When we talk about speaking in tongues, this is talking about in a, in a corporate setting where Holy Spirit wants to say something to a group of people and He will empower someone to speak out in a, a heavenly tongue, a language that's not necessarily discernible to your natural ears, okay? Or it can be, as I've heard many stories and even at Pentecost, you might speak out in a language that's the language of someone else in the room. I've heard stories of people going into villages in, in unreached to unreached people groups and just standing up. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. They start speaking out. They don't know what they're saying, but the people hear in their own language. It's, it's epic. Um, but that has its place in the church. As the Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, just talks about order in the church. And he says, if there's someone there that can interpret that tongue, Speak away. So if anyone ever tells you, no, you shouldn't have speaking in tongues uh, in, in the gathering of the church, they are wrong. They need to read 1 Corinthians 14. Paul encourages it, but it, more than that, he encourages prophecy in case a non-believer comes in. So he's saying, if there's someone there and you feel like, man, I've got, a, I've got a word in tongues to release to the room and I know there's no one in the room that can interpret that tongue into English and explain to everyone, then, then I keep it to myself. That's a whole nother sermon. A, bug, a bugbear, is that what they call it, of mine? Um, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna go on a bit. 
Because it's the people who say, no speaking in tongues. They're not the ones who are saying, because we need to prophesy. They're also saying, don't prophesy. Because they're saying, don't kind of flow in the, in, the, in the flow of the Holy Spirit at all. So I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're saying down to tongues, then you're saying up for prophecy. And I'm like, oh, all for that. Absolutely. More prophetic words being released in the body of Christ. Okay, so. <clears throat> Supernatural love. Supernatural peace. Okay, Lord. Breathe, breathe this. <laughs> Romans 12. It says we have different gifts. Again, the word graces, according to the grace given to each of us. So essentially what it's saying is we have different graces according to the grace given to each of us. If your grace is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, leadership, showing mercy. These are all graces of the Holy Spirit. And you might find at a particular time that you have a a grace to to flow in in a certain way. There are people who, when they pray for someone, more people get healed than when you pray for someone just because the grace of God is working through them in that situation. Uh, we had a, a, a few awesome encounters last uh, Sunday when Jennifer Evaz was here. So people getting healed, their deafness. I don't know if you saw the, um, the four ladies who came forward at the front, um, the Maori ladies, and they had one had like a hearing aid and she's, God healed her. She hasn't used it at all this week. And the word is spreading amongst their community and all of these people, are, they're reading her books and wanting to follow, Holy, follow Jesus and all this sort of crazy stuff's breaking out in that, through that kind of thing. So, um, Probably most of you don't know the full story of that. Um, but when, when Jen arrived on the Monday... Uh, Alicia and I caught up with her and she'd said after the, the meeting on this night before, she had a numbness come down the front of her mouth and down the front of her throat. She's like, this is weird. Don't know what it is, but my face is numb down here. I was like, cool. So she's sharing it with us and she's got a, her team praying and everything. And, uh, and she's like, what, any, any ideas? And I'm like, the only thing that comes to mind for me is, is what's called, it's called the tomoku. Is that the tamoko? Sorry, yeah, I'm going to butcher it. Um, but it's, uh, it's a kind of tribal tattoo that, uh, that women get, Maori women, Maori is what I try and, you know, but then I'm just, yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you can translate for me. Um, have, have on their face. Now, I've seen maybe one or two women in person in my life in, in Perth with, with that tattoo. It's becoming a little bit more common these days for younger women to get it, but it was, it's usually older women. It's kind of a nobility thing. There's lots of meaning behind it. But I was just saying, uh, that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. So we then kept praying. I think it was Wednesday night. Jen got like really, really sick. So she's just getting hammered by by the enemy and we're interceding and praying and all of that sort of stuff coming through. We get to like even Saturday night and still no real insight into what God's going to do through this intercession that's been happening. Uh, And then Sunday night comes and uh, look across and there's a lady with the tattoo on her face. And I'm thinking, that's epic. (laughs) But see, that's... Jen's have this experience, numbness down her face. I think, mm, well, that's a bit weird. Like, have you you've done some nerve damage? Did you eat? Like, are you sick or whatever it is? I'm thinking very naturally in my mind, that's, that's what I think about. Not even, like, 
for me, oftentimes I'm so, I can be so familiar with how Holy Spirit speaks that it's just me, it feels like me thinking, but it's actually Him speaking. And if I wasn't obedient to that, then we could have just gone, oh, maybe you're just sick and we just need to pray. Um, it wasn't that she was sick, it was that God was speaking. And God was speaking to her. So you don't dismiss things that seem really natural. A thought might pop in your mind, just speak it out. The, when it comes to prophetic things, when it comes to what Holy Spirit is saying, in the Old Testament, it was thus saith the Lord. There were prophets that were raised up as the oracles of God that would speak things forward. In the New Covenant, everyone is encouraged to prophesy, which means the dependency is upon each individual to interpret and receive what is being prophesied, not on you to make sure you've got it 100% perfect every time. Okay? If you're waiting to know 100% this is from God, this is what He is saying before you speak something out, you probably will never prophesy. And if at the same time we're thinking, oh, if somebody prophesies over me, they, they have to be 100, and I have to believe every single word that they say. No, you don't. For me, in, in the prophetic culture of, of the church, we need to all be mature, and we all need to be bold enough to speak it out. So we just, I just feel like this is what God's saying. And then you can go, I, f- I feel like that is what God's saying, and can receive it. Sometimes you go, I feel like this, but I'm not really sure. And the other person goes, yeah, I'm going to put that on my radar. That might happen. I mean, that's what we kind of got to with this, with these ladies and this, and this picture of the tattoo. And then she shows up and I'm like, of course, God, it was that. And then these ladies come forward and Jen prays for them and they just had breakthrough, amazing stuff happening. But even what happened there was like, we don't know what God's going to do. In the moment, we didn't know what Holy Spirit was going to do. And from the outwork in that, we don't know what Holy Spirit's going to do. But we're hearing testimony after testimony of this breakthrough and the spread of the gospel from this family into the wider community. And this, I think they're from Adelaide, you know? Like it's amazing and beautiful that God would do all of that, have all of these people involved just so that He can impact this family and more through that. It's amazing, isn't it? To walk in spiritual abundance is to see signs, wonders, and miracles happening to you and through you. So it's intimacy, it's the fruit of the Spirit, the the character of God flowing through you, but it's also to see signs, wonders, and miracles. To see God do crazy, miraculous things, healing, breakthrough, transformation. That's what He desires to happen through you. I did say before, I'd, I'd mention when we, when we use this language of the anointing. So to anoint someone was to kind of smear oil over them. It was a sign that they were being positioned uh, into a new kind of place, a new role. And so uh, like King David was anointed to be king before he was king, but it's kind of a marking of God. And, uh, and as it flows into the New Testament, it kind of takes on a little bit of a different uh, nuance um, but we see in Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And we know the rest sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, etc., etc." But the word said, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, which means he has been immersed in the Holy Spirit. Not the spirit of the Lord is in me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to do this work. I think sometimes we can use the language of anointing to express the Holy Spirit being upon someone. So I might use that sense. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm standing here when we're praying on Friday night with the fellas and I feel God. And often how I feel it is my right leg starts to shake. Just shakes like that. Anytime I'm in prayer, I could feel like, cool, 
Holy Spirit's wanting to do something cool right now. And I might say it feels like the anointing, but I'm not sure if that's the correct usage of the word. I don't know if it actually gets, but if you hear someone say, man, I just feel the anointing, they're probably expressing, I'm just feeling God like manifestly present, okay? If, if If my stomach cramps, just gonna, I'm just going to be bold and share with you my, my weird encounters with God. If I feel my stomach tighten up, for me, that means that there's a, a breakthrough anointing. God wants to break through something, okay? That's just how I've learned the language of Holy Spirit with myself. Early days after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I used to like, my, my body would oh, like crunch up and tighten up like that. Sometimes you might feel electricity or heat or, or weight come upon you. Um, you know, Jen sharing with us, oftentimes when she's praying for people, she just feels like the heaviness of God and it becomes hard to, to stand up. Okay, so these are just manifestations of the Spirit, but they can be kind of guideposts to know when we're, when we're ministering and moving. I've just sometimes I felt, you know, shiver go, go through me. Okay, and I know if someone's talking about something, and they, they say a particular phrase and I'll feel the Holy Spirit just like wash from my head down through my body. I'm like, wow, that's really significant what you just said. Okay? So these are just all ways of learning. Now, are we, are we attaching absolute truths to that? Not at all. But I'm, I wanna be childlike enough to be able to go, I think that was you, Holy Spirit. And then I'm gonna do that journey with you to discover what it looks like on the other side. All right. Um, so Jesus was anointed, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22 says, and it is God who establish, establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So God anoints us as believers to walk in new ways. So Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He actually, when that happened at his baptism, he went from being Jesus of Nazareth to Jesus Christ. Do you know what Christ means? It means the anointed one. It wasn't his surname. What? No, that's Jesus Christ. That's his, you know, Mary Christ and Joseph Christ. There wasn't that like, that's, no. It was Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. He, his, his, he starts being named, not Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus where he came from. But Jesus now marked by this relationship and this purpose of God upon his life. He was the anointed one. All right, so our relationship with Holy Spirit needs to be intentionally cultivated. And this is really simple, but you can't hear unless you're listening. You can't see him move unless you're giving him space to move. He can't be in control if you're always in control. You can't become familiar with Him unless you're spending time with Him. You spend time with people. It's also important that you spend time with people that know Him. Get into environments where Holy Spirit is moving. For me, uh, so this church, we planted this church 12 odd years ago. When we planted this church, I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
whole other sermon, whole other story. But I, I knew God. I was, I was faithfully serving Him. I'd given up so much in my life to follow Him. We had started and planted this church six months in. I have this encounter with God. Everything shifts. It really felt like the spiritual, supernatural, heavenly realm was open to me. And I went from feeling kind of confident enough in my theology and in my practice to plant a church. Like you gotta, you gotta have an element of confidence in your ability to, to do something, to go and start a church. Yeah, would you agree? Okay. And I went from feeling like I knew a lot to feeling like I know nothing. And so at the time, but what I would do then is I would spend time, I went to every charismatic conference that I could get to, to be around people that were moving in the Holy Spirit, that were being led by Him, that were seeing signs, wonders and miracles. And I would just get before them, can you pray for me? And conference after conference, I didn't necessarily have big experiences, but I knew every time God was depositing stuff in me. But I was just hungry for that. I would get her and I would stand around people who would pray Holy Spirit type prayers. And I would just stand there and, and I'd listen to them. And I'd listen to how they prayed and how they spoke to God, how they interacted with God. It came out of an encounter. I remember then going to a prayer meeting and, you know, when I would pray and I would think of things to pray and I would, you know, do kind of standard praying or whatever. After this encounter with God, all of a sudden we're in this little prayer gathering together and I close my eyes and I start seeing pictures. So oh, that's cool. So then I'd start praying out those pictures and start experiencing. And then someone else is like, when you prayed that prayer, God really spoke to me through that. The number of times I've prayed for people and I hear like six months later, man, that prayer was like really transformative and amazing. But usually oftentimes when I pray, I'm just like, I hope that was okay. Um, don't know if you're thinking, well, that was a bit weird. That was a bit off. But, but so yeah. So you're welcome to encourage people when they pray for you and prophesy over you because it's just, it's just helpful. But get in environments where God is moving, where God is active. Amen. All right. I'm almost there. Oh, about to land. Oh, actually, we don't need to finish for the kids' church, so um, I'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, they're doing their own ministry. Um, so three ways to activate spiritual abundance. Are you ready to write it down? All of you with your notepads out. You got great, amazing memories, clearly. The first is three A's. The first is attention. Oh, there they are. Attention, affection, and action. Attention. We need to give him our focus. If you, if you want to um, walk in new ways, the BEATS framework, part of the B-E-A-T-S, our, our missional living framework, that is abide. Spend time with Holy Spirit. Just spend time listening. Just even when you're praying, stop talking. Just shush up and just sit in the silence. Wait for him to speak. We need to give him our focus, spend time listening, ask him questions and wait for a response. It sounds really simple, but sometimes we need to get back to the basics here. Take your eyes off your circumstance and focus on him. If you're caught up with what's happening around you, stop looking at what's happening around you and saying, Holy Spirit, you have an answer to this problem. Holy Spirit, you have insight into what's going on here. Holy Spirit, you have something to teach me in this situation. And embrace that. Be overwhelmed by God rather than be, being overwhelmed by what's happening in your life. 
way better to be overwhelmed by God. So give him your attention, give him your affection. Even ask him to, des- to create a desire for deeper relationship with him. You want to spend time with people that you desire to spend time with. But that desire, if that desire has dried up for you, ask him to reawaken love, to reawaken that affection for him. To be like, I don't want it to be a struggle and a strive and I've got to force myself to spend time with you. Lord, would you awaken my heart of love? Like, I can't wait to spend time with you. I can't wait just to get alone with you, Holy Spirit, and hear what you have to say. As I said to you before, he can't be any closer to you than he, than he already is. So you don't, don't worry about searching him out to try and find him. He's there, he's present. Just sit with him and let him speak. And the reality is every relationship ebbs and flows. If you're married, you're married, you'll find sometimes it's like you feel really close and then you feel a bit further apart. And sometimes that's just the circumstance of life. You get busy, you get caught up. Different things happen. It doesn't, it's not then fracturing the covenant. It's just like, hey, I've got, I've got to intentionally reconnect. So if you feel like, oh yeah, I'm not feeling Holy Spirit, I haven't spent any time in prayer, it's been like a week, it's been a month, it's been a year, whatever it is, oh no, this is all bad and he's probably gone, he's probably left me and I'm never gonna find him again. He's right there. He's still been speaking, you haven't been listening. (laughs) He's still been desiring you, you just haven't been desiring him. So sometimes all it is, I mean, that's repentance, is just, just turning and facing him. Close connection flows from time spent together. And then finally, action. Partner with Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Do something that requires action. If you feel like, I feel like Holy Spirit wants me to to do this thing, do it. (laughs) Don't tell someone, I feel like Holy Spirit's wanting me to do this. That's nice. How about you just, just do it? I've told the story plenty of times. I remember driving along and I feel like, oh, I think God wants me to turn left. <gasps> What's well, then I turn left and I'm driving down. I'm looking out for something. Is there like someone to pray for? Someone on crutches? Like 50 bucks on the road? Something that must confirm this. And I'm, cause, you, cause you're wanting now to see the outworking. And I felt like God say, no, the outworking is that you turned left. That was the blessing. You heard my voice and you obeyed. This blessing contained in that. That's all I wanted you to do. So just take those simple things of, and partner with him in your everyday life and then step out in faith to see him move. So if you feel him prompting you to pray for someone, just step out in faith and see him move. If he's prompting you to be generous with someone, just step out and actually do it. You have, there has to be action because it's in the action that you will learn his voice. If you think, oh, I'm just going to know. There's been times in my life where God has spoken. I've known that he's spoken. Two times in my life where I have known, like it's just boom. It's not audible, but it's close enough to being audible where God has spoken to me. Okay. Every other time is I get an inclination and I step forward and I see the answer. And I wow, that was, so I, you, you actually learn the language of the Holy Spirit as you obey the word of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. I can hear them manifesting. So, uh, so let's pray. Why don't you stand? And I'm just going to pray and just open up some time for us to respond to Him. Not to me, but to Him. Amen. All right.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Just close your eyes and just enter in. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, We welcome you, Holy Spirit. You're so good, God. You're so good. You're so good. You're so faithful, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just want to start with just, I'm sure we can all pray this prayer, but we're just sorry for ignoring you. I'm just really sorry for not giving you that place of prominence in our lives and even for us Lord and we feel like I've got that bowl of ice cream and and I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied in my relationship with you but we've taken our eyes off the more the abundance Lord that there's a greater measure and so much of abundance in our Christian journey is is less about what we receive and more about what others receive through us. So, Father, we repent for even being just being self-focused in our lives, of being selfish and self-seeking. It doesn't mean we've gone out and, and hurt people and damaged people, but we have been a limiting factor to heaven coming to earth. And we acknowledge, Lord, that we are a limiting factor if we don't obey, if we don't follow you, if we don't make space for you. Father, we thank you that you are not angry with us. You're just deeply desiring closer connection. And Lord, we say, God, I want that too. We both want the same thing. So we say yes to your desire. Say, Lord, would you make it our desire? And I just pray, Holy Spirit, even now that you would just manifest yourself to people. You would make yourself known. What a beautiful touch that we can receive from you, Lord. Not just that we would know because the Scripture tells us so. And it is truth that you have come and made your home in us, Lord that you would be so kind and so generous to make yourself known, even in our physical body, Lord. We know the early church, they saw you move, God. People physically responded to your presence. But we just want a fresh touch from you. It might come in in a feeling of just heaviness or weightiness on our body. It might come where we just feel filled with peace. Could be heat or warmth coming through. You might feel your body begin to shake. You might feel like electricity. You might feel different parts of your body just wanting to move. You might start seeing things even with your imagination that is not coming out of something you've thought before. But we just invite you, Holy Spirit, would you come and move and touch your people, Lord? Would you bless your children by just showing up in a fresh way, Lord? Just reigniting our hearts, Lord. 
reigniting our passion, our desire for You, Lord. Would You stir up affection in our hearts, Lord. Father, that we'd move out of demand and into desire for You, God. That we'd move out of feeling like there's this demand from You, that we would spend time with You, Lord. That You would stir up a desire in our hearts that we would long to be with You, Lord. We would long to hear Your voice. We would long to see You move in us and through us, Lord. So we pray, would You come and would You give us a witness of Your presence, Holy Spirit. space for you in this time. If you're just wanting a fresh experience of God, would you come forward and just stand in this space and we even just want to lay hands on you. For those who maybe are feeling like, yeah man, I, I just want to, I feel like I know Holy Spirit. I just want to see Him move through my life that grace is imparted even through the laying on of hands. And we just wanna bless you with that encounter of His presence. If you come forward, you're not saying you're in lack, you're just desiring more abundance. I wanna pray for anyone who, who desires to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is something, again, that depending on where your theology lands, my theology was that, well, when I received the Spirit, I was baptised in the Spirit uh, until I got baptised in the Spirit. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit changed my theology on the Holy Spirit. But there is something of where you can say, yes, Holy Spirit lives in you, but He wants to come upon you. Even as Jesus said, when He was in the temple, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's the power of God resting on me, being immersed. Baptism simply means to be immersed. It's like, man, I don't just want to be filled. I want to be immersed, saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We just thank You, Lord, fresh encounters with You, Lord. Fresh fire, fresh power. Thank You, Lord, just reawakening intimacy. Lord, I just thank You, Holy Spirit. You're just going to awaken even people's personal prayer language. Again, you don't need to pray in tongues to be a Christian, but it is a, it is a language that helps to develop intimacy with Him. It's a gift from Him. It doesn't make you a super Christian, but it's just another way that the Lord helps us to engage and connect with Him. So our team's just going to pray for anyone up the front here. If you're not up the front, we'd love you just to intercede, to stretch out your hand and just be praying for people to encounter the Lord.
Yes, Holy Spirit, would you just come and baptize your people? Come and immerse them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you come and bring freedom and healing and breakthrough, Lord? Freedom, healing, and breakthrough, Holy Spirit. Freedom, healing, breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, even that you would just loose people's tongues, Lord. Would you let that language of the Spirit flow freely, Lord? Just let it flow freely, Holy Spirit. Spirit, we're not afraid of you, Lord. I just bind all fear in Jesus' name. I bind fear of manifestation of your presence. I bind fear 
of the sound of your voice, Lord. I bind fear of letting go and letting you be God. Fear of not looking all together.
understanding. Father, we just thank You for Your people, Lord, that You have chosen to to bring the reality of Your Kingdom into every sphere of society, Lord. And Father, I just pray an activation upon each one here, Lord, that You would stir up those graces, Lord. You would stir up the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We just pray, Father, a breakthrough, signs, wonders and miracles, Lord, over each one here, God, that Your grace would be released now in Jesus' Name, that we would receive, Lord, graces for healing, graces for prophesying, grace for wisdom, Lord. And we would invite You, Holy Spirit, into every place, God, into every sphere, Lord, into every conversation, God. We pray a blessing upon Your people in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Hey, we're going to keep praying up the front here. We bless you though as you want to hang around, have some morning tea, meet someone new. If you're new, we'd love to connect with you. We're just going to keep letting Holy Spirit do what He wants to do at the front here. Bless you guys.